Excellent. Well, well, look, your profile came my way from a friend of mine out of Alabama. I don't know if you know Dan Windsor. He has, um, he's a dentist out there and he built an outside gym in an old barn for his kids to all get together with their friends and have a, have a healthy lifestyle and a safe place to, to hang out. And, and I found you through him and, wow. you know, he, he's, he's a spiritual guy. He's a tremendous, tremendous leader and he's a bodybuilder himself. So I was like, you know what, if, if Dan Windsor knows Craig and, and holds him in, in high regard, I've got to have a conversation with Craig because wow. I, I I love so many things about your profile, uh, particularly the part about you being a fit preacher. That's the first time I've heard that. So, man, I just love <laughs> love to know your story because, from what I see, you you've made transitions in careers, you've made transitions in in leadership, you've made transitions in your relationships, and being being a husband and a father. There's so much good stuff there that I that I think speaks to the foundations of leadership that a lot of people are looking for because they can't find it in themselves. So it's nice to, to run into people like you who have, who have been there and done that and can mentor the process for a lot of people. Well, I really appreciate that. Yeah. It's uh, it's had a lot of growth. I mean, I think in this world, if you're not growing, you're either, you're either static stuck or, or going backwards. And uh, essentially I always try to be on the path to, uh, you know, a little bit better than yesterday, you know, as a way to say it, or, you know, to, you know, fulfillment and growth. And I found it in different places during my life. And, uh, you know, as I matured, I found fulfillment was a lot less in things and a lot more in my faith and my family. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it really helped me to, you know, decide where the priority should be. Uh, well, well, wow. Okay. Well, that, I think that's a great place to start because being a leadership development coach, that's the number one question I get from young men in particular is the stuck or stagnant feeling that causes a lot of anxiety and depression. And it's all around the fact that they, they don't know their purpose and, and they're struggling to find it as if it is something so far out in the distance that, that they feel like they need to get there quickly. So they're looking for a shortcut to purpose and, and and my perspective on that is that purpose is an inside job, not an outside destination. Right, so right. I, I, let's start the conversation there. Uh, <laughs> would you say you're a man who has found his purpose or are you still on the journey of discovery? No, I think, I think purpose is there, you know, at this point in time, my, my wife asked me the other day, you know, when are you happy? How are you happy? Where do you find happiness? And you know, for a long time, I would say it was in things, it was in, in trying to like hit these achievements, but that wasn't happiness. That was like, I, I would say that's like, you know, chasing what, what you would define as possible success in certain cases, or, you know, winning in one instance of, uh, you know, set out to be a goal and reach your goal, right? You know, there, there's fulfillment and achievement, but, you know, I, I would say achievement doesn't always, you know, come with fulfillment and fulfillment always doesn't come with, you know, gathering more stuff. Uh, or more accolades or more money. You know, I, I found more fulfillment came in helping others, uh, you know, finding faith and finding, finding a, a deeper purpose, which is, you know, with the lead here. And, you know, at this point in time, you know, frankly, all things that I've done, you know, and in, in not on purpose, but, you know, as, as in reflection, looking back, all happened to do with helping someone else, um, you know, outside myself. I was the vehicle, but, you know, it was always the things that led me to, you know, the structures in my businesses that were changing someone else's life, not just my own. 
you know, outside of trading, I traded on Wall Street, and essentially, I was just padding my pockets and, you know, making a living for my family, etc. At that time, although I didn't have a family besides uh, my my wife now, but, um, you know, that was the one job that I had, which was very self-reliant, you know, and, and there was a blessing in that. I don't want to, I don't want to take that, that for granted that, you know, there's a very good um, feeling when, you know, you are the driver and the, the killer of your dreams that essentially, and when it comes to the money where you didn't have to sell anyone, anything, you didn't have to do anything to anyone else or any other outside influence to either make or break your day. You know, so there is some benefit I felt in that, which was like a very unique position where it's like, you know, you go and, you know, you make a wage or you don't make a wage today because you are a good trader today. You made the right choices or the market turned in your favor and your position was the right one. You know, so there was some benefit to that. But outside of when I left that and there was reasons why, uh, you know, I started getting um, developing in the fitness world, started to get a following, uh, started to chase passion. I mean, I was an ex-football player. Uh, I was a boxing at the time on Wall Street, and there was just a lot going on. And, and being an athlete was always a part of my journey. And I wanted to continue to fulfill that. And as I was getting some recognition for, you know, my past efforts and, and what I was putting in at the current time, you know, I was able to see that, you know, there was a career behind, you know, the energy I was putting in. So I was able to start fulfilling that. I ended up moving over to uh, Silicon Valley from Wall Street. And in doing so, we were building a platform. And this was the first part of me, you know, being able to, you know, pay it forward in some sense. I turned pro in that segue between Wall Street and in going to California and started competing as an IPB pro and started getting sponsored by some companies. And in doing so, I was obviously the center of attention in my own world. But what it did give me was the ability to influence others and the ability to, you know, have others, you know, kind of look up to you and, and, you know, seeing what you do is, is a guide and be a mentor for others. And, you know, being at the shows, uh, you know, uh, being at the expos and, you know, the, just having that conversation with people, it was, it was pretty eye-opening to see that, you know, my actions and, and what I put out really influenced some folks. And, you know, if I did it right, I could, I could, I could have the right influence on someone's life. And, and it took me a while to figure out what that right influence was. I was still feeling myself and still chasing my own journey, but, you know, there was a definite switch, um, in, in what I was doing. And, and really, you know, when my wife asked me the other day, literally this was in the last month, you know, where's your happiness? Where do you find your fulfillment? And I, and it was literally very quickly for me to say, you know, when my clients have impact, when my clients actually make changes in their body, when I'm actually able to, you know, take somebody from square a, and get them into, you know, be and, and have a journey with them and, and be a part of that. You know, it's very fulfilling. Incredible. Um, would you say uh, young men are, are experiencing an identity crisis, perhaps? And, and I'm thinking of the 25 to 35 year old uh, age group that I get these most questions from. It seems like it is a a carrying forward of an identity into a, a new landscape of existence. They're now beyond college. It is now the real, real world, if you will. Uh, the, the real world challenges are hitting them and they're trying to adapt an older identity, an old operating system in, into a, a new landscape and it's not working and the struggle is real. Is that an identity crisis where they really need to update their iOS, so to speak, and become 2.0 version in order to adapt uh, to, to a new way of living. Well, I think you just opened up a uh, Pandora's box with that one, because I mean, essentially let's take a look at like what's happening and whether it's 20 to 35 or talking, you know, let's call it teenage years where you got an iPhone and, or you have Instagram or you have social media, 
you know, there's apps now that are body dysmorphing people, um, you know, their face, it's, it's changing the way they, their face. Photoshop is now on autopilot. You know, it's like, you know, this, this generation in this world is really hard to live up to, you know, what they see in front of them. So it's like, it's really harder more than ever to, you know, be somebody who's quote unquote, an influencer. And, you know, what are you going to put out into the world and what can they do if they had, you know, all these people with the really big followings, they can really do some good stuff out there, but a lot of them are choosing some other, you know, less than, uh, you know, good choices to, uh, you know, follow their audience and, and uh, you know, lead their audience, I should say a better way to say it. But to your question, the 20 to 35, or, or what was the age group that we're, we're discussing? Yeah, it's 25 to 35. Uh, in particular, I get, I, I think that's the highest listenership age group, but, yeah. but and, and that's the, the, the big issue I see is the, the comparison. They don't have belief in, in their identity, but also they're a little confused on how to create a new one. The grass is greener on the other side at this point, because I mean, let's take it, let's take it. And I don't mean that literally, you know, because uh, I don't believe that's true. I just think they're getting so hit with so much advertisement and so much media coming at them that they're being exposed to everything that they're not. And so, you know, I think it's really hard for people to be good in their own skin if they feel like, you know, it's going to be a little bit better over there. And then when they try over there, then they're like, oh, it's a little bit better over there. So it's like, they're always looking around. So I think the attention spans are a lot shorter. I think the time in relationship whether that's in a house, in a job, in an investment, in a, in a, in a career is much shorter because, you know, we have this like very quick to quick to move on mentality. And, and again, you get pitched by ads all the time. Now, social media, you know, before it would have been newspaper or would have been billboard or, you know, wherever you might've seen that. So I think the, the, the attention is now getting, we're, we're just getting flooded. So I think, I think there's, um, you know, there's some fatigue that, that happens. And I think you get hit so much by something because you might show interest on social media. Now the cookies are following you and all these media advertisements are like, you know, messaging you with all the stuff that you just had even had a thought about, uh, or you follow somebody who you maybe shouldn't have followed. And now you're getting all this bombardment. So I think it's hard because now everyone's trying to sell you something and you have so much access to it. You know, it's really hard to like, be like, no, I'm in the right place. I'm in the right I'm, I'm doing the right things with my job and it's hard for people to develop and grow. You know, the thought of being in a career for 20 to 30 to 40 years um, and growing to the top is not even like a question I feel like right now in anyone's eyes. It's like, no, how can I get rich now? How can I be the guy now? And so it's so hard to like, you know, work for it. You know, that's, that's the really one thing. It's like, I, I put a career in, I'm 40, um, you know, and although I've moved around, I spent eight years on Wall Street, you know, developing, um, you know, in my career there, before I decided it was time to move on, I spent my a lifetime in fitness, um, before I was able to achieve some real achievement, I played football, I played college, I played semi pro, um, you know, then I got into the fitness world, and I did well right away. But it, it's not because I just started. It's because I've been building myself up from eight years old on, you know, so when people are like, I want to look like you, okay, good. You might be able to, your genetics might be right on par and maybe you're not too far gone and we could help build you some muscle quicker than you would on your own. But I mean, you know, if you were comparing me it, it, my high when I was really like dialed in and everything else, you know, that was just literally like year after year after year compound. I didn't stop. I was, I got injured playing football, broken hand, and I was like in the gym the next day. So it's like really hard to, you know, relate my life and my foot, my footsteps into someone else's. And it's, I think it's so easy to look outside and look into someone else's life through social media's window that it's, it's hard for someone to like be happy in their own house. Yeah. That, that, I loved what, what you said, uh, Craig, was there, 
were there clues that pointed you in the direction that you went or was it a leap of faith that I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm stepping forward anyway? Um, I took, I, I, I take a lot of leaps and, and I, and I probably jump more than I should. Sometimes I say yes, more than I needed to. Um, although it did me good in, in many different ways. Like I've, I've literally, if you, if you went through my resume, um, you know, we'd be here for a minute. Um, but you would see like literally a very diverse and you're like, wow, you live like four or five different lives. Um, you know, so like by me saying yes, it's given me a lot of life experience and a lot of places that I've uh, been, uh, lives that I've touched and people and experiences that I've been able to, uh, you know, have in my life. But it's also what it's done is not been able to let me sink my teeth into a career and grow, you know, to the upper echelons of that career and like hit that ceiling before I'm like, okay, I'm kind of tapped out. I kind of was, you know, built something up a little bit and then, I, okay, great. I got it build something up a little bit where I would suggest if I'm giving advice, I would say, build it up till you can't go any further until you can't go any further than you start scaling in some other place. We as entrepreneurs scale a little bit too quickly sometimes, you know, so my advice would be to, you know, sink your teeth in and really, you know, hit the, uh, you know, the ceiling before you start moving on to something else. Yeah. Would, would you say that you had the vision though, that you were going to be a podcaster, a model, the fit preacher, an author, the, the developer of an app. Did you have all those answers, no, you know, no, at no, 18 to no. 25? No, I yeah. thought I was playing football in the NFL. <laughs> That's what yeah. I, thought. I thought I was playing going to be in the NFL playing football. That was like my, my childhood dream. And I was pursuing that with the best of my abilities. Although when I was in college, I was smart. You know, I, I, I studied and, and said, you know, just in case this don't work out, I'm going to always, you know, do well. It's, it's not that I was trying to do well in school. I was just like, whatever I set myself to do, I want to do very well at. And it, and it just happened, you know, I was in, in getting uh, schooled, you know, at Sacred Heart University. And, um, you know, I was Dean's List, Cum Laude. You know, so it's kind of like, again, I just put, I just applied myself where I was putting my effort, you know, so that's kind of where that led. But no, uh, Edwin, there was no way that I was thinking that I was going to be all these things. Um, you know, a lot of people I hear them, oh, it was my dream to be Mr. Olympio. Really, was it? You know, especially when when men's physique wasn't even around when you were a kid. You know what I mean? Like I heard, back in the day, I heard people say that. I'm like, stop playing games. You know what I mean? Like I I always call people out on their stuff. But um, you know, there is something to be said about you know being in the limelight, being famous, being an actor. You know, the, those things I could say I would see myself uh, you know rising to the top of um, you know some notoriety and in whatever path that was. I didn't know what what was going to happen, but um, you know I didn't say no a lot, and I and I did very well at pretty much just all the things I've done just because, you know, that's just in my nature, you know, just to excel and apply. And I'm, I'm pretty stubborn. And, you know, I, I try not to leave until, you know, I have, I've made my mark on something, but um, I, I want to touch on something in case we miss it. My faith didn't really come about until uh, I was in California. Uh, I, I grew up Catholic and, um, you know, it, we were the typical family that would went to church on the holidays. Uh, and uh, my father, mother wasn't really into it. My grandmother was, but you know, my parents really didn't push it on me. I, although I did go to Sacred Heart University, wasn't really because it was a, you know, a religious school. It was just happened to be, it was the best recruiting college that, you know, gave me a chance to go play football. And I, I was going to get a four-year start, you know, basically by going there. So I took that opportunity and I did well. I, I started four years. I did very well on the team. Um, but, you know, in, in developing my religion, actually in college, you know, they make you take a class, religion 101. And I decided after that class that I, I wasn't really going to call myself Catholic anymore. I was going to kind of denounce my religion just because I was like, there's so many religions out there and I don't have all the answers on mine yet. 
how can I just go ahead and blindly, you know, say yes and, and just follow this? And I had some problems with the the priest, uh, you know, giving me lessons on life when he can't get married, you know. So there was some there was some pushback on my part there. It wasn't until much much later in life and and many sins later, I'll say, <laughs> um, that uh, you know I, I found faith in uh, a weird way. You know, uh, one of my clients at the time in California um, messaged me out of the blue. A guy never even had this conversation at all. And, um, you know, it was like probably four months into us working together and just message out of the blue, he, like he was like a messenger from God or from like some spirit to like, tell me about this instance that just happened in his life. And he literally said, I'm not, you know, I'm not telling anyone else about this. This is you. This, I felt like this was for me to tell you. And it was like a, a page and a half email. And it was just about like this experience that he had. And it was just like, it was, it went on for a couple of weeks and it, it was kind of weird at the time, but like, I, I realized that that moment was like the switch, the switch in me, the switch in my life. Uh, it, it was literally the breaking point. And I, and I learned later on, uh, after leaving California, coming to Tennessee, my mother, my brother, um, and, and my brother, my brother's wife, they're all in like this, uh, you know, uh, small group and, you know, in prayers that, you know, they, hey, can we pray for somebody at the end of the day? And, uh, you know, I was one of those people that they were praying for. So I'm not sure if all things were connected, but it, it really seems like it was. Hmm. So how did your, how did your spirituality shift? How did you enter oh, back from, in? From that moment on, it kind of just opened my eyes a little bit. I, and I, I wasn't drinking the Kool-Aid yet, we'll say, you know, cause I literally made that statement, you know, when I was moving from California to Tennessee, um, but it did like set the ball in that direction. Uh, it wasn't the thing that got me here, but it definitely was like the, the start of that journey for me. And, um, you know, literally as I was coming over here to Tennessee, we drove me and my younger brother, uh, drove from California on. And, uh, I remember having conversations with my wife or somebody saying, you know, you know, my brother, uh, they got, um, you know, born again, they, you know, got baptized and became Christians here and same thing with my mom. And I thought it was so wacky. I was like, man, these, it's like a cult down there. And I was like, I'm not going to drink the Kool-Aid. I literally said that within a month, I don't know what it is through osmosis or through just the spirit of God or just the people, but I'm sitting here at church and reading the Bible and, you know, in a month into my journey sitting here in Tennessee, and um, I'm about two pastors in the Bible now, and I'm sitting here, you know, you know, quoting scripture from time to time. And as I'm talking and doing some of my podcasts and some of my motivational topics and just finding, you know, just such a, such relief and such a grace in the word and just having my own understanding of, you know, what I believe, you know, uh, the Bible to be and what Jesus was and what, you know, faith to be, you know, a lot of it's blind faith. And that's something I couldn't see before. And, and sometimes you gotta, you know, go into it with the, the apprehension that, you know, the better, um, or the things to come are, are really going to be the things that you should be looking forward to. And this time right now is to, you know, um, plant the seeds. Yeah. So do you believe that was, um, an outcome of an elevation in your self-awareness or, or, or something that allowed your vision or perspective to shift like that? I think a bunch of it, right? I had a daughter at the same, you know, very similar point. She was very young when we left California. Um, we had her first birthday. So she, I think she was about six years old or something when we left her, probably even younger, actually, or excuse me, six months old. She might've even been younger um, when we, when we made that switch. But um it, yeah, I just think a lot of things were there. I was, I was kind of like at my ropes end with like the fitness industry per se. I knew I did my last show. Um, I was kind of like closing that chapter. Um, my sponsorships were kind of out. So like, it was my way of like, kind of like pulling back into myself. You know, I believe sometimes when you're in the limelight and you're being sponsored and you're, you're in the fitness world per se, you know, there's a lot of expectations of what you should do or what you could do. And, um, 
you know, I don't know that I met the, the call for, you know, my life at that time. I think I, you know, not that I was never living um, a secret life or a life that really didn't, you know, represent me at the time. It just, you know, I would rather have shown this, this movie, this trailer uh, versus the one that I played uh, in the last 10 years. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. How do you think your, your return to spirituality has impacted your growth trajectory in business, in relationships, uh, whatever context you want to put that in? Well, I think in, in this point in time, you know, if you look at the world right now, it's, it's one of those things where I think a lot of people are lost. I think, I think there needs to be like a shepherd, a guide, a mentor, you know, whatever that is. And, you know, I put that as a, you know, part of my curriculum, part of, part of what it is, um, you know, that I do in my coaching services. So people find me for the reasons to change their body often because, you know, of who I was in the fitness world, but it's just, just such a start. And I think it's more than ever, I've realized that the mindset, that the mental, and that to having different pillars of faith, fitness, family, friendships, fellow, you know, fellowships, um, all those things matter so much more than just the want and will to get in shape. And, you know, you can't really, you know, build up a, a strong foundation if you're, if it's built on a house of cards. And so like, if your, your faith is not good, then you're going to be wildcatting. You're not going to have, you know, sound principles in your life. And so the things that you do may not matter or may not have consequence. Uh, if your body's not in order, obviously your health's not going to be in order. And so why would you care about some of these other things in your faith and your family? Um, you know, so I just find like there, you know, I don't believe in balance. I think balance is really challenging. It's something I thought, you know, I, I had during my life because I did a lot of things and I did a lot of things well. So I'm like, yeah, I'm balanced. But, you know, the more I realize is you're very much moving your energy in one direction and then you stop that direction and move it in this direction. Can you keep the balls afloat? I think you can. And I think you should. Uh, where a lot of people have, you know, the ones, you know, have drop balls, but, you know, if I'm not answering your questions, feel free to stop me. I'm trying, I'm trying to like get there, but, you know, I think at this point, my life's work is going to be, you know, definitely known between my forties and fifties and sixties versus, you know, the thirties and forties, you know, even though I, I, I made a splash in the market and, you know, you could say that I had some Insta credibility or something from the work that I've done in my earlier years under 40, I would say I, I'm, very much have the belief that, you know, what I'm going to be doing in the future is going to be much more impactful and meaningful um, versus what I've done in the last 10 years. Uh, nice. I, you know, I was just at a, a John Maxwell conference and, and got to speak with John for just a minute. He's been my coach and mentor for eight years now. Um, his book, Failing Forward, was probably one of the most transformative reads as a, as a college student many, many moons ago, I don't want to age myself, but, but he, he mentioned that a lot of the problems that we have in our country and around the world is because we've lost sight of values. There, there, there aren't pillars that we stand on anymore. We're borrowing from somebody else and everything's external, externally influence, influencing us rather than, you know, the internal expression of your giftedness authenticity, et cetera. Um, I'm, I'm curious, number one, what your, what your position or, or, or perspective is on that. And number two, if values are something that you stand on, um, how have your values evolved um, over your 30s and 40s? Sure. Um, you know, there's, there's many ways you can look at this. You can look at, you know, your, your home values, you know, what were your, 
what your family values are, you know, what, what your faith tells you your values should be, and then what your political party tells you, and then what your, what your gut and what your feelings and what your heart says, you know, but I feel like I've always been true to who I am. You're never wrong doing the right thing. You know, it's a very, just an easy way to say, you know, you got to go with what feels good to you, what's natural and what's, what seems right. But I'll call to question a lot of the stuff like, you know, we, we, we're, we're in the time of COVID. We're in the time of, uh, you know, very much political left and right. Um, and it, it's very hard to, you know, be an individual in this time, especially if you're going to have a, a side or pick a side. Uh, I was very active in um, my beliefs as an American citizen, um, is, is my right to have guns, um, and my right to have my freedoms. And unfortunately, there was a very unpopular opinion. Um, you know, for some, I've lost a lot of followers over it and, uh, I'm, I'm comfortable with all of the above. Um, this is me, uh, I'm, I'm flawed, but, uh, I feel in my heart that I'm doing and saying the right things when I, when I say them and, um, you know, that there's meaning and there's, um, values behind what I stand behind, you know, for example, like we, we've grown up in a system where we know what's right and wrong. And I think we we've seen in the last uh, few years here you know, that right and wrong be questioned. And, uh, you know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense when people are having arguments and it's, it's clear as day if, if you were to step back and not take a side and just look at like the dialogue that's taking place. And so, yeah, I think values are super important. I think it's, it's, really, it's really important to, you know, take a non-emotional stance on a, a conversation. And that's something I, I would pride myself on actually doing because, you know, although I, I lost followers uh, from some of the posts that I made, you know, especially when I was wearing like a, a jersey that had like American flag on it and, and uh, having a gun, um, you know, people didn't love that one. But, you know, when I ever debated, not, I didn't say debate, I would, I would raise awareness or raise a uh, one side of the argument. And then I would always make a counter argument to make sure I'm seeing both sides and just to see how people would respond. And during the campaign, I was like, you know, tell me why you're going to vote for Biden. Tell me why you're going to vote for Trump. And it was just very easy to see um, that one side was picking the emotional battle where, and the other one was picking, you know, a lot of the things that were, you know, done and, uh, you know, the, what the economy was doing. So like, I won't have to get into it, but I, I do think values are, are very underrated. And in this society, I think uh, if you have them, I think you got such a leg up on other people. Although, you know, it's, it's very easy to go with the crowd I think if you don't stand up for something, you're going to fall for anything. You know, two cliche lines I just gave you in the last five minutes here, but it's, they're true. They're, they're so true. You know what I mean? Like if, if you don't have values, you don't have principles, and if you don't have a belief system, then you're going to be, you know, you're going to be controlled by some narrative that's not yours, you know? And if you watch media, you're very much going to be controlled by whatever they're saying to you because you're going to blindly believe it as, as the gospel. And that's why I think it was super important for me to actually have taken a, uh, an interest in reading the Bible and, and having my own word and, and understanding of what scripture reads to me, because it, what it re reads to me might read something different for somebody else. But no matter what the guy's saying, when he's up front of me preaching at me, I have my own understanding of what he's saying. And it's often really good because so, I could get into it on much a deeper level. And especially when people quote me a scripture that I might have some understanding of what's going on in that passage. Um, it often doesn't mean what people think it does. So it's, it's pretty interesting to, um, you know, have a deeper understanding. And I think that happens when you have values and principles. Yeah. And how have they shifted over time for you? Uh, you're, I shouldn't say forties. You're not, you're not fully through your forties. So your twenties and thirties maybe have values pretty much been consistent or, or have you intentionally shifted? 
values, you know, we could look at different values as far as uh, relationships um, and, and different things of that nature. I believe um, at one point in my time, I was a Democrat, you know, when I voted. And uh, in the last election, obviously, I voted as a Republican, as you could probably guess. Um, although I would probably call myself an independent. Uh, I'm not married to any side. I'm not married to any person, any political party. I just don't believe in that. I believe in uh, the processes that are out there and what's right and what's wrong. Uh, you know, so if, if I saw that, I, I would much rather call myself an independent, frankly. Um, but, you know, yeah, I think values have changed. You know, I think I think what mattered to me matters different today. You know, like as I was growing in in my uh, early 30s, trying to just make money on Wall Street and just, you know, grow my empire. You know, I was very driven by, you know, money, frankly, and and. And then it became fame. Then I got a little bit of taste of like what that looked like. And, you know, then I was going for like magazine covers and trying to get those things. Then I was trying to like get published and, and different things. So like they all they all matter because they they help, um, you know, a greater good. If I'm not known, then I will never be able to preach to somebody and have the impact that I want. So, I mean, it's not that, you know, I'm condemning any of these things. I think uh, they all have their place. But, you know, creating an idol around them, you know, as the Bible says, you shouldn't have an idol other than God or your, you know, your person you're watching there. You know, I think I was creating more of um, a love for those things versus seeing them all as vehicles to a better, uh, a better end. And so, you know, I, I think just the way I interpreted uh, my life's work at the time is much different than the way I do now. Well, I like that values as vehicles to a better end. I had to write that down. That was, that was profound. Um, you know, I know you've worked with thousands and thousands uh, of people, and I'm, I'm curious, you used the word stuck or stagnant uh, at the beginning of this conversation. O over your years of experience, is there a universal first step that most people need to take in exiting stuck and stagnant into the very next milestone of existence? Say I need help. Don't, you know, put your pride, put your pride aside. You know, if you look at Michael Jordan, any, any, any major athlete, it's very easy to just look at the athletes first. They all have coaches. They're not self-made. They're not, they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not, you know, they might have great genetics and potential and, but it's, it's taking their gifts and being applied by some good mentor or some good guide. Um, you know, so frankly, there's so many people out there that want to do it themselves because maybe they don't have the money. Or maybe they're just not willing to say, it's worth this to me right now. But if you were to experience your life in five years with the right coach and what the changes could be in your life, how it could be different from you from a financial perspective, from a health perspective, from a sex perspective, from a kid's perspective as you're growing up as a parent, um, there's so many different things that you haven't even experienced until you know what it means to be like on, on a next level. You're, the problem is with the people that are stuck, they're only experiencing the pain that they're in today. And so, you know, that's all they can allow themselves to feel and understand and to comprehend and to believe in their life. It's not until they're saying, you know what, I'm sick of this pain I'm in. I'm sick of being stuck. I'm sick of waking up to the same job, the same life every single day and looking this way in the mirror, not having the confidence to, to break out of my shell. Say it. I'm done. I'm stuck. I'm at, I'm, at the, I'm at the position where I'm saying I need someone else to go outside of what I'm currently doing to bring me to the next level. Because Obviously, what you're currently doing right now is not working, although you might have a, a mind shift and you might be able to, you know, take yourself out of that place. Um, but it's not going to be to your own doing. It's going to be from some stimulus, 
something is going to take you out of that. If it's a good book, if it's a good podcast, if it's a good coach, there's some outside stimulus on your life that's going to help move the needle for you. Just like a rock is stuck until it's nudged. You know what I mean? You know, a snowball going downhill, you know, some things that it, it creates momentum. And so I would say the first step is, is an action, something. Look for something that's going to take you from where you are today to where you could be tomorrow in one step. It doesn't have to be a big one, but it has to be a step in a forward moving direction. And now you have momentum. Keep it going. And then so on and so on. But I really just but it's think an action. Are- it's an action, it not thought. It absolutely, it absolutely is. It's not going to happen okay. through osmosis. It's not going to happen because you prayed. You know, it's going to happen because you took some action. You know, God rewards people that do, you know, that do the work, that put the action in. Um, you know, so I, I promise you guys, it's going to take you doing something outside your normal routine to see a better result. Yeah, I think that's, that's uh, we've lost an appreciation for the hard work that that life often demands, uh, many areas of life demand. So Craig, uh, final question for you. What are you working on now and where can people find what you're doing? I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I mean, they can go to getmybattleplan.com or craigaperso.com. Either way, craigaperso is more like a link tree. So you could kind of see all my action. Getmybattleplan.com right now is going to be a place where uh, clients who were interested in, in talking with me, maybe sit down to a strategy call. They can uh, book into my schedule and, and learn. But, um, you know, what's going on in my life today? It's just more about the impact and how better I can do that. I actually just linked up with a coach here recently, uh, Michael Burt. He has, is a member at my gym. Um, and, and to find out he's actually a really big name coach and I've sat in on a couple of his workshops and he's really, uh, he's taught me some things already. And so like the coaches need coaches, like you said, you're with John Maxwell and, you know, you know, we're, we're, we're very much the people in this industry that say, you know what, I'm not done. There's always more to develop in me. And if you feel like you're ever done learning, then you lost already. You know what I mean? Like there's always something, you know, I, I plan to learn until I die. You know, I, I plan to have some level of engagement that's going to simulate me, that's going to make me better in some capacity, make me wiser, uh, make me have the ability to impact more people until the day I die. So at this point in time, I'm going to be forever learning and forever teaching as much as I can. As I learn it, I'm just going to do the pay it forward and pass it through. But at this point in time, I'm really just looking to help people at this point in time. I would say, generally speaking, most men, you know, follow me, but I'm not opposed to working with women. I have a few that I do, but, you know, I'm helping people level up in their faith, their fitness, their family, the fellowships that they keep, and hopefully the finances that they have to live a a life that has freedom in it, to freedom to do what they want, when they want, and to have the finances to be able to do that and to just be happy. And I think it takes a, you know, an approach that, you know, you're going to, you're going to be lifting up a lot of different things all at once. But, you know, once you're there, you're going to find true fulfillment. Cause I, I could promise you just cause I, just when you have money or just when you have fame, you know, those people are often one of the most miserable people that you'll find. And uh, I could tell you right now from experience, you know, I was, I was very empty. My cup was, was empty at the top, you know, and at this point in time, I feel like it's being filled every time I get to help somebody.